welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is Court Winsett. Hello, Katie. And Cameron Spence. Hello. So we are in April. We, we've made it to April, which, where did the first part of this year go? I cannot express to you how much it disturbs me how quickly the years are going by now. The first quarter's gone. Yeah. yeah I feel like we just celebrated Christmas. Yeah, it's crazy. As far as I'm concerned, we just went to Hawaii, and that was over a year ago. Oh, gosh, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, we're still battling COVID. This right? is 2020. Yeah. <laughs> April is a... Uh, Financial spring. literacy month. Well, okay. I was going to say it's spring. Steal the thunder. <clears throat> Steal in the thunder. Yes, it is Financial Literacy Month, um, which obviously is kind of the reason for this podcast. You know, if you remember back from those first couple episodes, the reason we decided to do this is because I was coming from the nonprofit world. I was sitting in a staff meeting and I felt like everyone's throwing out these like SEC and stuff. I'm like, oh, why are they talking about football? Like so many different jargons and things. And it's like, wait, if I'm struggling coming into this industry, understanding this, how are like the common, you know, masses who are not in this world day to day understanding everything? <laughs> What are you laughing at? The common masses. Well, I mean, people who, are not, people who are not in the financial Dude, world day to day. Every industry has their own jargons. You know, we get so stuck into saying that. And then we forget that, hey, to do your job appropriately, you need to be able to relate to every single person you're talking to, whether they understand when you're talking about stocks and bonds and dividends and things like that, or if there's someone who is just getting started and doesn't really understand how it all works. So that's kind of the birth of Bullcast the podcast. Like that's what happened. And we started the series with jargon violation. Remember that little yeah. sound effect? And it was all over the place, but we haven't used that in two seasons. Yeah. We, Maybe that's a good thing. That means we're not using jargon. I'm not sure if it's that we're not using jargon or if we just stopped doing the stop calling ourselves down on it. <laughs> but so uh, this episode we're just gonna kinda, you know, reiterate again about the importance of financial literacy because it is financial literacy month. And so we are gonna start off with a list. And this list is the best movies set in schools. Why are we doing schools? Because, because think, financial literacy begins in the classroom. It does. Mm. And it starts at a young age. Like, mm. think back to what, I mean, that was first season. We had an episode that was really, um, we had Cassie on here yeah. with the American Public Education Foundation. We were talking about the importance of teaching kids about money, about finances, and so, I mean, that's that's why we're doing schools is it all starts, I would say it starts at school, but it also starts in the home because mm -hmm. that's when you start your relationship with money, how your parents deal with money, whether they, you know, hold debt or they don't hold debt, um, you know, what your teachers are teaching you, things like that. It all starts in the home and the school. So let's, let's go through this list. Let's right. round robin it. The School of Rock. Jack Black. Mm, I love that movie. Fun movie. So much. Um, you know, he comes in and it's they're all a bunch of musicians and it's it's a fun little movie. Yeah, he comes in lying. He says he's a tutor yeah. for his roommate. Yeah. <laughs> Trying I mean, to make an extra buck. He's a failed rock star. Could you imagine though if Jack Black was your teacher? That'd be so much fun. Number two, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. I will note that there's only one Harry Potter film on this list, and of all of the Harry Potter films, I I would not pick Sorcerer's Stone as the Well, then what would you pick? I don't know. You were so adamant that it couldn't be Sorcerer's Stone. Well, okay, so we've talked about this before. My, my favorite book of the series of books was probably Six or Half-Blood Prince. I'm not sure if that translated as well in the movie as it did in the book. I feel like we need to just do like a Harry Potter episode for you. <laughs> I mean, anyway, I'm... Uh, the financial lessons you can learn from Harry Potter. Coming soon. Their school is Hogwarts. That's yes. why Harry Potter's on the list. There yes. you go. 
Okay. Next on the list. All right, all right, all right. Dazed and Confused. I have not ever seen this movie. What? I have never seen this movie. Do I need to say it again? I have never seen this movie. And you've also never seen Boondock Saints. Yes, like, you will always hell. bring that I up. mean, well, because I just found this out recently, and it's just shocking to me. Okay, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Mm, I just um, rewatched that the other day. Yep, that's, that's that one. <laughs> Next is Donnie Darko, which is a, I mean... That is a trippy, trippy, trippy movie. Yeah, I'd never seen it, but when I was helping at the Orpheum interning and like we'd have the summer movies, I'd always dress up like the different shows coming in. We had Donnie Darko. So I'd never seen it, but like I decorated a tank top that looked like a skeleton and then had like the weird antenna things going on. The rabbit ears. Yeah, I had no idea what I was wearing, but I was just like, yeah, this is the movie. You're just going with it. I was just going with it. Next on the list is probably one of my favorite Robin Williams movies. <sighs> Dead Poet Society. I, l- I love Miss Doubtfire. That's probably top of my list. But I, maybe my favorite serious Robin Williams movie. Yeah, mm. it's, it's a good one. It is a good one. It, it plays into that classic kids in school trope of basically all adults are horrible, horrible people. I find it even more disturbingly just terrible, terrible parents and, and school administrators, except for, of course, Robin Williams. And yeah, it gets pretty dark. Yeah, it's a tough watch, but I have watched it so many times. <laughs> Fast Times at Ridgemont High, the exact opposite of Dead Poet Society. Now, this is one I have not seen. What? I feel like this and um, Dazed and Confused are kind of similar cult classic 80s Yeah, I mean, this, this was around the time of like Weird Science and a lot of like the Brat Pack stuff. Deals with some seriously, seriously sort of adult topics, really, if you if you, if you get right down to it. They promoted this movie as like a, a fun romp, uh, you know, just a classic high school comedy, you know, sex romp or some stuff like that. But man, the, they actually get into it pretty seriously. Um, I mean, there's plenty of the other stuff too, but it's an interesting movie. It's a good watch. That's where Sean Penn started his career. Yeah, yeah. bud. <laughs> Uh, next on the list is Heather's. Of course, Heather's. Fantastic movie. No? Y'all are... I've, yeah. s- I've seen yeah. it. It's been a long, a long time. Yeah, oh, man. Good. I love that movie. It's also a great Broadway musical now. So oh. there's that. Our only horror movie on the list, Carrie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Takes place in a school. Pig blood. Yep. This okay. is a very loose list. It is. <laughs> Breakfast Club, one of my favorites. I absolutely uh, love it. That is classic. That is a classic. Uh, we're not really spending a whole lot of time on these movies, are we? Ten Things I Hate About You. I love this movie. Based on, of course, the classic play by William Shakespeare. The classic play, Ten Things I Hate About You. <laughs> the classic play? Ten Things I Hate About You is based on a Shakespearean play. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. The more you know. I, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, Google I just, it. I just love that movie. I think uh, my friends and I in high school had like that whole the letter memorized. You know, I hate the way you talk. I hate the oh. way you wear your hair. Like all of that. We had it all memorized because we were big Heath Ledger fans. Rest in peace. We have two, like Heath Ledger and Robin Williams. I mean, mm. gosh. Okay. Next on the list is another one I have not seen. Why am I on this one? High School Musical with Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens. Interesting story that I read about Zac the other day. Huh. Um, he broke his jaw and mm, like yeah. was hospitalized because of it and almost died and stuff. And so if you look at like pictures of him now versus pictures of him, he looks like a different human. He looks yeah, like he's... a completely different human. I, I mean, I, I had no idea what caused it, but obviously the change was noticeable. And it turns out it was because he was running through his house and fell and hit a fountain. Busted yeah. his Rich jaw. people's problems. Hit a Man. fountain in your home. Yep. That's crazy. 
crazy. No, I mean, this uh, High School Musical was obviously, it was big when I was in high school, but like it wasn't cool for high schoolers to watch it. Yeah. And so I just remember I was a part of Pride, which was the group that would go and be like, no drugs, no drinking. And so we would like put on skits and like go to the elementary schools and middle schools. And so we did a high school musical thing and I was, I played Sharpay, you know, I know that's shocking to you guys, <laughs> but it was all like, oh yeah, drugs are not cool. Don't do them. And then we do like, we're all in this. To get. Okay. I'm going to stop. Yeah. You said there was only one horror movie on this list, but I Scream's did. on here. Ah, I misspoke. And it's like Scream just lives on forever. It's, you know, what, what we just did like number five, six, something like that. Yeah, I think six. Six. Mm. Yeah. It's just, I mean, Ghostface just is always around. But um, they did at least bring back like Nev Campbell and like bring back the OGs and like Hayden. Panettiere. Had, Panettiere. Yeah, she's in the new one, I think, too, which I was like, I thought she died, but apparently not. No, I don't she know. didn't die. Okay, enough about that. That is our list of the best movies set in schools very loosely because financial literacy starts in the schools. The more you know. Na, 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 na. What was your first introduction to financial topics? The very first memory I have discussing any sort of financial topic whatsoever is with my mom. My grandmother gave me and my siblings $600 to, wow. to, to, to divide between the three of us. Okay. But at the time, you could get a CD uh, at a bank with a pretty high interest rate, but you had to have a minimum deposit of like $500 to get a CD. And so my mom was like, okay, I'm going to take this money that your grandmother gave you and I'm going to put it in the bank and I'm going to put it in a CD so you can't get it for six months. And I mean, to a kid, because I was young when, when we did this, I was a kid, I was, you know, five or six years old, obviously to a five or six year old, $200, my cut would have been 200, $200 is just all the money in the world. A lot world. of money. And I was like, wait, wait, I don't get it now. I have to wait six months. She's like, you have to wait until your CD matures. And I was like, okay, this sucks. <laughs> so that was my first introduction to like finances as a topic. That's an intense first introduction because it's, you know, having to understand what a CD is. I mean, some people, if you don't certificate of deposit. I was, I was thinking that. <laughs> yeah, certificate of deposit. And so it's one of those, they're coming back. Like a lot of people are actually utilizing their banks now doing CDs and it's, it's in the simplest form. It's as, you know, Court just said, it, you take your money and you're locking it up for a certain period of time. There's different lengths of it. And then when you get your money at the end of that, if you hold it for the whole time, then you're going to, you know, get a little bump in your money. So it's just, it's different terms. That That is very simplified of what a CD is. Generally speaking, they're better interest rate than a savings account. Yeah. So, you know, but the idea is you do, you you basically are granting the bank the the ability to have guaranteed use of that money for a set period of time. You cannot touch it until, until the time, until it, until it matures. And so then you get the money back and you, but you get a little bit better interest rate. My introduction to financial topics was my four sisters and I would receive allowance every Friday for doing chores, which is great. Mm -hmm. But we, I think I've talked about this on the show. We were kind of missing that element of like what you do with that money once you have it. And we weren't really taught that. And so I think I would just spend it on candy and toys and oh, no yeah. savings. What about you, Katie? I mean, I at the bank of mom, and I think I've talked about that before, she had her checkbook and we had marbles and the marbles were representative of like the dollars. And like, if I got in trouble, which was all the time, it'd be like, don't take my marbles. I would lose my marbles all You'd the time. Yeah, I'd lose them because I was in trouble. But she had a checkbook that had, you know, a register for like me and Chris. And when we go to the store, it's like, oh, I really want that. And she's like, okay. And she'd open my check. I'm like, mm -mm, I don't want it from my money. And so, like, I guess that really helped of knowing the difference between 
her money and my money and kind of helping with that. But yeah, it still didn't work for, for many, many years. I still was like, no, let's, I'd go it to dad and be like, dad, can I have this? Mm-hmm. I definitely was that kid that played the leverage of that. <laughs> um, I did want to throw out uh, when court, when you were talking about the CDs and the opportunity for the banks to loan that money out for that period of time little bit about Silicon Valley and okay. kind of, you know, um, I don't want to dive deep into all of that because at this point, I feel like everyone's probably read exactly what happened. So if you go back to an old episode of ours, I know we've talked about It's a Wonderful Life before and the run on the bank and kind of what happened with that. And so just simple, high level, when you put money in a bank, then, you know, the bank has that money. Okay. So think back like to the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, because obviously it's easier to relate with movies. So when... You know, let's say Cam comes to my bank and says, Katie, I I need my $5,000 back. Well, in that movie, you can remember, it's like, well, Cam, I'm sorry, but I loaned that $5,000 out to court because court needed to build a fence at his house. Then it's like, it's just that ripple effect. So the banks have this pool of money, but they're also leveraging that it's not everybody's going to show up at the same time wanting all of their money back. And so kind of one of those Silicon Valley, they did not appropriately have enough reserve and people came wanting their money. Then the bank broke. Mm. I mean, that's very, very simplistic of it. But the bank broke. Weekend was crazy. And then the government bailed them out because take away from this, this is financial literacy month, $250,000. Keep that in your mind. Do not have an account at a bank over $250,000 because then it is no longer insured. So just remember that. So I know, I mean, I know everybody listening is like, yeah, you know, I've got 300,000. I know that's kind of crazy to say, but there are people, especially right now with fear of the banks or fear of the stock markets, there's people that are hoarding large amounts of cash. And so make sure your money's protected. Make sure you don't have over those limits. It could mean one of those that you have it where it's like, you got a hundred thousand at one bank and a hundred thousand other bank. Whatever you need to do, just don't have all your eggs in one basket. Diversify. Diversify. There you go. So National Literacy Month celebrated in April. We've said that at several times now. Uncomfortable truth of financial literacy. Only 57% of adults in the U.S. are financially literate. 57% of adults in the U.S. are financially literate. Is that uh, they have a working knowledge of uh, securities exchange. They have a working knowledge of how banks work, uh, how a checking account works. You know, exactly. How in depth does this yeah, knowledge go? What, what makes one financially literate? I would be really interested to know. Because obviously, I think it's safe to say that doing what we do, we have a more extensive knowledge of finances than your average person. Would what's the what's the marker there? Yeah. What's the line between illiterate and literate? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you balance a checkbook? I think that's the question. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's because people don't really balance checkbooks Mm-mm. anymore. The physical, it's just they're trusting their online software to do it. The you know whatever they use. I mean, this statistic: four out of five adults said they never were given an opportunity to learn about personal finance. Think about it, you go to high school and then you go into college, and it's like, hello, here you've probably moved away from home. You're going to now have enticement of get this credit card, you know, you maybe are getting student loans. So you're already starting out with understanding what liabilities are, but are you really understanding it? Do you fully understand what you're doing? And so, yes, I know some teachers that may listen, like we taught you that we told you how to do that. But I think it's one of those that it probably needs to be drilled in our brain starting much younger 
and then just added to each year. Yeah, it wasn't until college where I really started learning about finances. High school, it was non-existent, but college, you know, I had a job throughout the four years at college, and I was like, okay, I have a W-2. How does this work? And it was yeah. all hands-on experience, learning, you know, as I went along. But I think it's all, it all comes down to standards, which APF is working on national standards. You know, what is what is the bar? What mm-hmm. should kids be learning in K through 12? You should be able to understand a car loan, you know, renting, credit cards, banks, debt, like basic things like that. And I mean, it doesn't mean that everybody that learns this in school is going to be perfect. And we're gonna have this huge shift of no one has credit card debt. Everything's great. That's not going to happen. Heck, I just learned how HELOC works at 34 years old. (laughs) I mean, it's and that's the thing is, is you're constantly learning. Mm -hmm. I think my biggest push is that financial literacy is super important, but it's also make sure the sources you're getting it from. Because and I know y'all heard me say this before. There's so much information out there right now. You can get advice from TikTok, from Instagram, Facebook, the internet, whatever. But that doesn't mean it's necessarily right for you. You have got to figure out what is unique for you. And same way of like how we sit there and explain different things on this episode. Like even within one episode, if we're discussing how does a credit card work, I explain it different than Court explains it, different than Cam explains it. Because we're trying to present it in different ways to hit different people who can really grasp what's happening. So you going and finding one influencer talking about finances, you're going to get one opinion. You're going to get one outlook of it. And it's speaking to the masses, not necessarily you who's working hard, who just needs direction on what can I do to make it better. You know, most people who come to us who want help, they're doing some good things. It's just they need an outside person to look at everything and say, explain to me why you're doing this. Explain to me why you're doing that. And it's not that I'm being critical. It's just like, tell me your thought process with this. So then we together can figure out maybe there's some tweaks to make your plan more successful. Yeah, they need objectivity. They don't need that advice from mommy or daddy or their best friend. Just somebody who's impartial. And they need the hard truth. I've talked about before, behavioral finance is huge. And that's where people understanding their relationship with money, understanding why they do what they do. I'm working on a person right now who has a lot of credit card debt and they are very strategic with it that they they get the credit cards up, but then they end up moving them over to 0% financing. But all they're really doing is shifting their debt around and they're not addressing the problems. They're avoiding it. But then as I'm talking to this person and emailing back with this person, I keep getting hit with, well, this was because of this. This was because of that. And I think back to that rational episode where we talked about how I'm a rationalized spender. And so I'm look, I'm relating to this lady because I'm like, I get it. You're like, oh, well, yes, that credit card's high, but I helped Susie Joe, And that one's high because I threw a party for this person. It happens. It's not wrong. I'm not going to tell her to stop being that type of person. I'm just going to say, let's address it. Let's be aware. I'm not changing your stripes. But let's know that that's how your relationship is with money. How can we make how you are and how you spend money work for your plan that you're still successful? Hmm. Sorry, that was a long like soapbox. Only 16% of Americans are uh, ages 18 to 26 are quote unquote very optimistic about their financial future. Only one out of three college students believe they will graduate with the skills and knowledge necessary to be successful in the workplace. Lack of financial literacy has cost Americans more than $415 billion in the year 2020. These are all sort of just little nuggets, little little facts of of sadness that I thought I would just pepper in there. Just just pepper some sadness. That shows there's a true problem. Of course, you can have a financial plan when everything's going hunky-dory and dandy, but then 
I'm sorry, but life happens. A kid gets sick, you get in a car wreck, your uh, home situation changes, and now you've got a large bill to deal with. There's just different things that then you have to, I think back to Clueless, um, this is a stretch, but share uh, the line when she's like up in her debate class and it's like, well, I mean, yeah, they didn't RSVP, but all you have to do is just go to the kitchen and rearrange a little bit and make it work. I mean, it's kind of one of those with your financial situation. Don't panic. Talk to people. Rearrange your situation and figure out how to make it work. Easy. I mean, I know that sounds so simple, but it's truly, that's why you have a partner because someone else can help you figure out what are the options, what are the best things. And I stress this with so many people I talk to, even little small financial things can have a ripple effect to make a huge difference on your whole story. Taking $20,000 and throwing it into a car versus having that money in your emergency fund and financing a car can totally change your situation completely. Yeah. Real world example in November, somebody uh, hit my car, totaled it. Wasn't my fault, but I've been working with Katie and David to figure out the best way to buy a new car. What is the smartest way? Life is always changing. Yeah. And that's, that's the key is the smartest way. Robin and I were talking about this this morning. I mean, we had another coworker who they totaled a car and they got a, they got a brand new Subaru. And then shortly after that, our daughter was rear ended on her way home from school and she really wanted a Subaru. And so we, we got her a Subaru, but we're paying for that because mm -hmm. it's, I mean, you know, new cars, it's just like today I was looking at a house that I was like, oh, that's probably like a $250,000 house. Nope. Zillow was saying that it was going to be 450 cars, houses, everything is costing more. And so you, you know, our, our first house payment, I think was $1,200 a month and people are spending that much on cars. Now their, their monthly car payment yeah. is yeah. $1,200. Yeah. I keep going down this rabbit hole, but I see a lot on TikTok where people are almost proudly uh, declaring, or just like, it's normal that they're spending $1,200 per month on a car because they put nothing down. And you know, I, I can see both sides of that for me. I'm like, I couldn't afford 1200 a month for a car, but then you, you're not using the money from savings to put mm -hmm. it down payment there. So like yeah. emergency fund or a, a bigger monthly payment it's for a opportunity car. with your cash and leveraging that. And, and it's some work for some and some work with others because it's also, what is your discipline? Mm -hmm. Because some people like I tell them, Hey, you need to have an emergency fund of three months worth of living expenses. But if you're someone who, if the money's there, you're going to spend it. Your emergency fund needs to be out of sight, out of mind. Yep. It needs to be sitting in a money market somewhere or something like that. Yes, you can take frame of reference from TikTok, things like that, but then maybe come and talk to somebody and say, hey, I saw this. Is this a good idea or not? Everybody on TikTok now wants to retire at 40. And I tell people, I'm like, okay, well, what are you doing today to plan for that? Boy, because, I missed that target. <laughs> Woo. I mean, it's like, okay, if you have a goal, start saving for it today. Now, I'm probably going to tell them, no, you can't make, you got to retire at like 55. But if you start saving today, then you can retire at 55 instead of having to work till 70. Yeah, it's everybody wants things quick. And I was talking to um, talking to some neighbors the other day and talking about how people get stuck on luxury. And um, my husband's in the car business, and he was saying that interest rates are crazy right now. This person had a terrible credit score, and they were going to offer this person like a an ascent or something like that, and it was going to be a sixteen percent interest rate, which is Man. crazy. Oh, but wait. So they, they convinced her because she's like, well, I really, really want this Mercedes over here. And it was an old Mercedes. And they're like, well, because that's a luxury car, because of your credit score, because of this, it'll be a 22% interest rate on that. My word. She's like, yeah, but I really, really want the Mercedes. It, it'll look better. Like I've always drove a Mercedes. And they're like, no, 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 don't do that. So she drove off the lot with the Ascent, 
came back two hours later and was like, I really want the Mercedes. Like it is 22% interest. So on a $40,000 car, she's going to end up paying $75,000. Insane. That's amazing. Because of the status. Because she's not financially literate. (laughs) And so it's one of those, like, it's kind of the keeping up with the Jones. We're kind of touching on a lot of the subject. Keeping up with the Joneses is that most people are not going to judge you if you're driving the, the cheaper vehicle or, you know, haven't bought five pairs of golden gooses because you're doing the savings. And so then you're able to retire early or you're able to go to that vacation because you saved and didn't buy 10 pairs of golden goose. Mm-hmm. But what, what is golden goose? I had this conversation oh, with those, my physical those, therapist well, let today. Let me take a guess here. I think Abby told me about this. They're very expensive white tennis shoes that look like they've been through a garbage disposal. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Why, why, why? It's the same concept as jeans with torn knees, but these are like, how much? Six, eight hundred dollars. No, yeah. what? Why? Yeah. Just, I'll, why? I'll go buy a pair of K-Swiss. Give me and, my Crocs all day. You know, be, you know, run through the mud a couple times. It'll be fine. But yeah, it's people will buy, you know, uh, those crazy shoes that are probably going to be out of style in a couple of years. But it's all about status. It's about status. And it's about changing because it's, uh, I was talking to somebody who really has a tight budget and I said, just have, play a little game with yourself and Every time you skip going to Starbucks, think about that $5 is now going into my move out fund or my vacation fund. So if you play that, then instead of going, oh, I'm grumpy because I didn't get my coffee. It's more of like, oh, I got $5 more towards my Bermuda trip or something. No, that's not going to help me. I want my coffee. Sorry. Or you can go and get cheaper coffee. So it's like, instead of spending $5, I got a $2 coffee. So $3 went to Bermuda. Live that trashy K-cup lifestyle like I do. Play mm. play, play games with yourself, Court. Jeez. Mm. So, I Court, mean, Court doesn't play games. Cam, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. So you said you've learned about HELOCs recently. You really, as this podcast started, it was, you know, me and Court really talking. We're doing all the financial talk. and I was strictly producer. You were strictly producer. Now you've really gotten involved, which I've enjoyed because it's bringing different perspectives. But... Do you feel like you've got a leg up with some of the knowledge you've gotten from the podcast? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, HELOC is one of them. We've talked about 148 different topics, you know, <laughs> I'm learning every day, investing. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah, it's complicated. The other day, I was somebody sent me uh, their 401k information to look at. And I'm like, this, this is crazy how they have this set up. So do not feel bad. Like even us who are in this world all the time, like we have to look at stuff and go, what, how did they set this up for you guys? This is kind of funky. I just got like a wave of sadness because you're like, have you learned a lot in this show? Like it's a closing episode. This is the series <laughs> no, finale. No, 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 no. We've got We're not many, done. many more episodes. We still have go. a lot of life left in us. We still got lots to talk about. This was kind of a, just a, a recap-ish episode kicking off financial literacy, highlighting the important things of starting education soon, We do work with American Public Education Foundation, APF, and um, they've got great resources with kind of teaching your kids. And I think it's just kind of know yourself, figure out your relationship with money. And if you're wanting help with your financial situation, we're here. Pickler Wealth Advisors has always been big on if someone wants help, we want to help you. And we want to make sure that you're in a great position. And it's one of those, even if you feel like you don't have two nickels to rub together, let's have a conversation Let's see if there's some tips that we can give you to guide you on the right path. And then, hey, maybe in 5, 10, 15 years, you can come and invest with us. But it's just, you've got to start somewhere. You've got to have some partners. Sounds like a bullseye to me. I'll take a quick stab at a bullseye. Go for it. If you have little ones, 
take the time. It doesn't have to be these in-depth lessons, but take the time to try to break down money and the the power of money. I hate to use the the term power of money, but it is. I mean, it's it's how you live, yeah. you know, and uh, saving and spending and giving because I'm working through that with my kids. I didn't really have that in my life growing up, but it's natural for kids to just want to spend. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard for them to be like, okay, I'll put this away for something bigger. They want things now. So we're having those discussions. So take the time if you have little kids or nieces, nephews, grandkids, and just explain to them how it works. Bullseye. Already court, court. I will point out that, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, um, the APEF does do a report card of how the state, how the different states are across the country in terms of their uh, financial literacy education, the actual the the programs that they have have in their schools, and um, the nation's report card dot org. Yes, and um, Tennessee right now is sitting at a C. This is a an A B C D F grading scale and Tennessee is sitting at a C Mississippi is sitting at a D Alabama has got a B Alabama is actually excelling at something and then Missouri <laughs> Nebraska North Carolina That's Utah insane. and Virginia all have A's Ohio as well they were a recent ad okay so we've got we've got some work here to do in Tennessee and that's that's my bullseye I, w- I would like to see us get to work getting to work to educate work our children. It. And that's all I'll say about that. (laughs) Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's the closing bell. You made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast beam directly to your listening device every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about me, Cameron, or Katie, then please feel free to go to our website. We've got some bios up there. You can leave a comment. You can suggest a topic if there's something you'd like to hear us talk about. If you like pictures, boy, do we have the pictures on Instagram. That Instagram handle is at Bullcast Podcast, and we also have words on Twitter. That handle is at Bullcast Podcast podcast as well we've got a facebook page you can check us out there and finally ladies and gentlemen we might have mentioned once or twice that we work in the financial industry at a place called pickler wealth advisors and if you would like to find out more about us more about our amazing team what it is we do here find out about our boss david pickler then please feel free to go to that website that website is picklerwealthadvisors.com that's advisors with an o not an e ladies and gentlemen i've given you everything you need to go forth and be merry so for now i'm court i'm katie i'm cam and we're done 